Welcome to the History of the Batman with London, brought to you by Meltdown Comics and Collectibles in Hollywood, California. This is where we relive the defining moments of one of the most iconic figures of art and literature, the Batman. My name is Mason Booker, and as always, I'm joined by London from the shadows. Maybe he'll say something, maybe he won't. We never know. Probably not this time. We are joined by Shadow Adam. History of the Batman is produced and engineered by me, Mason Booker, and now co-host with London. London, what's going on? A lot's going on, but in a good way. (laughs) This is all new. (laughs) I was expecting, oh, things are good. Are they they rad? Things are always rad. Always. That is my favorite word. It is is our favorite word, but it's not always rad. Yes, but this week it is. Why? What happened? Water. Water. That is the unrad thing. It is pouring outside. No, it's so rad. Did you know that we've officially ended the 10-year drought that Ah. California was in? I did not know that. So dope. (laughs) So rad, I might say. Well, that is good for that, but I am not a fan of rain. Being born and raised in L.A. is odd. Rain anywhere is weird. So, But other than that, things have been good. What's been going on? Oh, lots of things. But you know what is important today is that we have a very special guest. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. And I love having these guests starting the new year off Mm -hmm. with guests. It's so good. So sexy. So excited. (laughs) Is it? I love it. It's like we're super professional. It's so good. Who was our guest this week? Going on two years, we're trying to get professional. Going on. Did we hit it? No, it's May, right? Is in May, but we're we're almost there. We're getting there. It's January, May, we're close. Yeah, we're close. We're close. this we're close. is heavy, man. Anyway, we have the co-host of DC All Access, which is something I love to watch. The DC Comics. We have he's part of Screen Junkies and Collider, and he is here to talk about his new comic book series that is coming out. We have Jason Inman with us. What's so, up, Jason? Hello, Jason. Hello. I think the rain is ro- dope and rad <laughs> and chilling. Don't be jealous of our lingo <laughs> and heavy. <laughs> Heavy, heavy rain. You were just Solid. Us, you were just telling us before the show that you're used to this weather I and am. even worse weather. I, I come from, I grew up in uh, Kansas, so oh, yeah. I am from, I'm used to the ice, snow, and just everything. So it's funny for me to drive around L.A. where everybody drives slow because of water. <laughs> and I'm just like zooming past them being like amateurs. So. <laughs> so you're from Kansas. How many Superman jokes have you gotten? I have. I have gotten. A, well, Superman's one of my favorite heroes. Ah. He's my second favorite hero. Oh. Um, but he's a big part of my life because I also grew up on a farm. Oh yeah, really? I come from a farm in the <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. So I I have done all the Clark Kent things. Is it Smallville? <laughs> you know, fun story. I say Smallville because I come from a town. I, I don't. What well, our farm is actually in the middle of nowhere. It's not next to a town. Okay. It's like three or four miles away from a town. It's from a town called Stark, Kansas. Hell yeah! If I say Stark, Kansas, do you know it? Uh, my grandmother's from Kansas. Actually, oh, really? a bunch of my family out here is from Kansas. Yeah, Lawrence, wow, Kansas. That's crazy. My sister went to. But do you know? Do you know? Do you, do you know Stark? I've heard of it. Oh my God! You're like the first person in LA, <laughs> but, I, but I haven't been there. <laughs> wow. Well, you're not missing much. There's like 70 people there. Yeah. It's According a to the last, small it's good. World. Home, I had good no idea. Yeah, yeah. This but is... usually, usually I say Smallville because you're the first person in LA that has heard of Stark, Kansas. <laughs> it's the strictly through extended family. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh wow. That <laughs> Kansas represents here. But, but was that where Richard Donner filmed Smallville? No, he, he filmed it. I think he was in like uh, British Columbia, I believe. Oh, is yeah. where no is. wonder it looks so picturesque. <laughs> yeah. 
Most <laughs> most Smallville's have been filmed in Canada, with the exception of Man of Steel, which was Illinois. Oh, yeah. so, way yeah. to way to bring it home, Zach. I... Yep, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> in your in your Christ figure, uh, we're talking a lot about Superman anyway. on a Batman podcast. Everybody's probably getting sacrilege. Shadow Adam, but okay. I'll bring it back. Love My it. favorite hero is Nightwing. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, I was we going... just had. Um... Oh, uh, yes, we had Lauren Lester on oh, last episode. He's so yes. nice. I've met him before. He's he really nice. He is so nice yeah, and yeah. loves doing the character, which always makes yeah, it yeah. better. I um, the loyalty <laughs> to get the job at DCL Access. I of course had to do an audition and interview and also like that. And one of the questions they asked me was. Um, who is your favorite superhero? Mm. And I said Nightwing, and they said, why? And I said, because if you look at Batman objectively, no matter what he does, he will never defeat crime. He can't stop it. It's always going to exist. But he took a scared little eight-year-old kid and made him a normal human being that went to lead lead the Justice League. And that's Nightwing is Batman's greatest success. Nice. I would agree with that. Although, except for the word "normal," but we're well, we're, we're down with he's it. He's more normal than Bruce Wayne is. So, because Night, Nightwing I mean, can actually talk to people, Nightwing can actually have real relationships. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. I would I argue would... that it's relationships with the right person. <laughs> but we'll... No, I do but agree. Out of especially out of all of the Robins yes. and all of the other ones. What I about think Carrie had... Kelly? Um, we don't count her. No. No, I'm not going to say that because then fans will be like, oh, why don't you I, count her? I count, I count her, but you have to question the mindset of a 16-year-old who hears a news report about a crazy vigilante in a tank and is like, I'm going to join it's that. like, that is what I want to do <laughs> exactly. with my life. And I'm going to yes. jump out on my roof <laughs> exactly. in a $10 costume. You have to question the logic of that kid. I'm just saying that when I was 16, I would have been all about it. Okay. That's, you know, that's you where it you is. You would have ran to the garbage dump and you'd been, when you sure. saw him fighting this guy in the sure. mud, you'd be like, that's the guy I follow. Yeah. I would have been like, and let me And then you can't even question, out. oh, where are the parents? Because in that story, the parents were not around and they didn't care. Well, they're in the background. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just like, they were absorbed in their own right, exactly. Stuff. They're they, super hippies. If you, right. you listen to them, they're yes. hippies. Yeah, yeah, right. so. yeah. Hippies in the eighties didn't make sense. <laughs> in the dark future, in the future eighties. <laughs> right. Well, I love that your favorite is Nightwing because Dick Grayson's my one of my favorite Batman characters. It's between Dick Grayson and Alfred for me. If, it, oh, if you Alfred's don't, Alfred's really strong. Batman, right. Yeah. Alfred's yeah. Oh really man, strong. you make an excellent point, and I have to bring it home. Dick Grayson having normal relationships. You're absolutely right, except. He destroyed Starfire, and I feel that that was a stupid <laughs> move on his part. We've had this out. I I, I agree, but I'm a <laughs> Starfire I, was the best chick in the game for him. Sure, and then he just trashed her, trashed oh, her. Well, I put the panel on your <laughs> on your Instagram, London. You did. I'll, well, I'll flip it on this side. Mm-hmm. One. Could he have ever had a real relationship with an alien that's descended from cats? Yes. And two, <laughs> two I think Barbara Gordon is his true love, not ah, Starfire. I disagree. So. I am a huge Babs fan. Yeah. Look, so. I, like, I like Barbara Gordon, and I'm glad that they got together. I think she was his first love, <laughs> mm-hmm. but Starfire was better in many ways. <laughs> All right, bringing nice. it back. We could... Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, since we already jumped into Nightwing and all of this, why don't you tell us a little bit about? I'm I'm assuming you, this isn't the first time you've read comics or anything. I'm, sure, no. I'm assuming you've grown up with comics, so mm-hmm. why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it, it is apropos because my first comic book I ever bought was Batman number four sixty six, 
It is the cover of uh, Batman is tied to the bottom of a rocket. Whoa. And you can it looks like the rocket's going to go off at any second, and you're like, Batman, what's going to happen? <laughs> and I cannot remember whether, because um, I'm not exactly certain about the exact year, I can't remember whether I saw it in, because I got all my comics from Walmart. Walmart used to sell comics where I come from. Mm-hmm. There were no Targets. There were no comic book shops anywhere near me. So Walmart was where I bought my comic books. And it was either after the 89 Batman movie or Batman Returns that I walked into that Walmart and I saw that cover and I was like... I forced my mom to buy it for me. And the greatest thing about that issue is that you find out that it's a theme park. It's like a Futureland theme park. (laughs) And it's one of Tim Drake's first issues as Robin. So most of the book is Batman's like fighting his way through the the amusement park. And he's like, oh, I can't send Tim in here because Tim's not going to be able to handle it. And then Batman, of course, gets tied to the bottom of the rocket. That actually happens in the issue because back in the days, kids, stuff they showed you on covers actually happened in the issue. (laughs) When did that change, London? Like the 2000s, maybe? Yeah. Mm. Now covers are just whatever the yeah. artist feels like. Exactly. It might not even have to match the story. And and Tim theme. saves the day because yeah. Tim saves him from the rocket. Nice. Yeah. And so that's like, and that was my first uh, was my first comic book. So I bought that. And then the very next one I bought was the graphic novel collection of the death of Superman, which uh-huh. I like I like <laughs> explaining where I bought them. I bought that at a gas station All right, in, in Erie, Kansas. There you go. What? There's like Eerie. a bunch of magazines, probably a couple pornos in the back, and then Death of Superman. And then Death of Superman. <laughs> and I picked up Death of Superman, and uh, I still have, I have both those issues. I still have the original issue, and I still have that original collection. And it's funny, because weird, surreal moment, I've gotten to know through my job, uh, Dan Jurgens. Yes. He's so nice. He's awesome. And I had him sign my copy uh, this year at WonderCon. And nice. he, he looked at it, and he was like, wow, this is... This is really tattered. I was like, I've read it a lot, Dan. And he was like, I can tell. <laughs> That's how you know the, the yeah. real fans. Um, nice. But from there, I kind of just um, Chuck Dixon's Nightwing run really was like one of my first like ongoing yes. series that I tried to collect a lot. Um, I really jumped into Kyle Rayner Green Lantern by Ron Mars. That was a big one. And I was very big into, weirdly, in the 90s, I really liked Tony Stark Iron Man. I liked ah. Tony Stark Iron Man before other people liked right. Tony Stark Iron yes. Man. Is um, rem- that the uh, <laughs> demon in the bottle? No, that was a, that was like 10 years after. It was more, when I was reading it, it was where Tony had a car accident of some kind, and Rhodey took over for him. So Rhodey mm-hmm. was Iron Man at the time. And I remember the first issue I bought because I just had a shiny cover. Mm. And Rhodey <laughs> is fighting Fin Fang Foom, the giant mm. dragon from Marvel. And Tony is like comatose, but they're not sure whether he's dead or not. And the issue ends with like, of course, a computer waking up and being like, hello, boys and girls, it's Tony Stark. So I, the only reason I bring that up is because I remember in like 2007 when they announced the Iron Man movie, I was one of like one of the 10 people that were actually excited for that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, now you can laugh at everyone and be like, well, now I was there first. Yeah. The Iron Man was like a Which D list character. That is a, a very character. small percentage of people can say that. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, 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 yeah. It's it blows my mind now again because like Iron Man and Captain America were D list characters mm-hmm. in the like early 2000s, 90s. D. D. That's, yeah. Not even really? C. They were yeah. D list wow. characters. Man, that's heavy. It was X Men. <laughs> For Marvel, for most, it was right, X Men. Right. Yeah. Totally. And now it's completely flipped. Well, they've. They've stopped the X Men movies. Basically, yeah. Like they were, and, they, and now I hear Marvel's trying to kill them off because. They don't want to let more movies go, or I don't know, whatever. It's weird. It's it's weird to think about too when you especially go back uh, and bring it back to a Batman analog. That in the early '80s, 
Dick Grayson's Teen Titans mm-hmm. and X-Men were neck and neck trading right. the number one spot all the time. And then when they did that crossover, Teen Titans, X-Men, it like mm-hmm. sold like millions of copies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so there you go. Teen Titans with Starfire. Yeah. With yeah. Starfire. <laughs> That's right. His second true love. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> that is one thing that I miss are the DC Marvel crossovers. Yeah. Like, do you think they'll do it anymore, or do they? Or are they just like we're too, we're that? too we're too virile, virally opposed? No, I do think we'll do it. What I think needs to happen is um, a little. There needs to be a, a regime change mm. at uh, at a certain at, at a certain Marvel company. I see. Um, because from what I from 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 what I understand is is that because a couple of years back I remember Brian Michael Bendis was really pushing for Batman Daredevil, mm-hmm. yeah. and I remember the like the DC gentlemen and also like Dan DeDio and Jim Lee all were like, yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. But mm-hmm. then I heard that like somewhere in corporate Disney was where the kib- <laughs> was where the kibosh got put on there. So when you deal with like a big company like Disney, right. you got to deal with the corporate. Corporate stuff. So many once, more hoops to jump. They'll through. do it again because there there will be a time where some executive will be like, "That is just money that we're leaving." <laughs> right. You know, and if you remember the first DC versus Marvel, I love that book. It's not the greatest like story of all, right. but it's a fun time and it sold millions of yes, copies. Sold so much because people couldn't believe that it ever happened. Like Batman versus Captain America. Are you right. kidding me? <laughs> so and then I love Amalgam. Yes. The Amalgam comics where they combine the characters. Dark Claw. It was Man, so good. So good. And then especially since they... <laughs> so good. Well, they, they upped it even more. They combined Batman and Wolverine. They put them in the same comic book. And then they did a second wave of Amalgam. Yes. And they did the Dark Claw Adventures. Yes. Where it's like the Dark Claw animated series. Right. <laughs> Can't get any better. Is that, is that based <laughs> off of the 66 Batman? No, it's based no. off the like the Bruce Tim. Yeah, oh, okay. exactly. they, they, so I got the whole book was drawn in the they're drawn nice. in the Bruce yeah. Tim style. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay. So you've been in comics from gas stations and all. Yeah, that a long time. Everything. So how did you get wrapped into doing DC All Access and screen junkies and everything? All of the stuff that you do. Uh, I um, I made a lot of videos on my own. Like when I moved out here, I just started to like just pump out videos on my YouTube channel because I'd been looking working for YouTube companies and stuff like that. Huh. Um, and for about a year and a half, I reviewed every single comic book from Marvel or DC. I would flip the week. So like one week I'd do Marvel, one week I'd do DC. And I would do this 10-minute video where I would be like, buy, skip it, or, sell, or, or, or skip, skip it, borrow it, or buy it. Hmm. Um, and I read a lot of comic books for a year and a half, like a lot. Like you read, like I'm reading like 35 comic books a week doing mm. that. It was crazy. I did that for a year <laughs> and a half every week. Did not miss a week. Mm-hmm. And um, then the contest for DC All Access came out. They were just looking for a fan, and I entered it. I made a video and stuff like that. Uh, and I did. Luckily, a surreal moment. They hired me, and they said like a big reason why they hired me was because I had done all those reviews. Right. And they were like, "Oh, well, he definitely must know his you stuff." You know your stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I was like, "Oh man, those reviews paid off." So if you're out there thinking about doing some project, like just stick with it, and it'll pay off. Um, Screen Junkies, I happened because um, I had been working uh, for Good Mythical Morning with Rhett and Link. Mm-hmm. Um, oh wow. I was Rhett and Link's first L.A. employee. <laughs> so there was a time when it was me, 
Rhett and Link in a garage in about the size of the room that we are now recording in. Mm-hmm. So nice. like, you know, like 10 <laughs> foot by like 15 foot maybe. You know? yeah. So um, like I literally could like reach out my hand and touch Rhett McLaughlin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it'd just be like petting his beard. Um, <laughs> and they wanted to do a daily show. So I helped them uh, create Good Mythical Morning. In fact, if you watch the first opening sequence, there's the first opening sequence before it was with the, the cockatrice is what they actually call that animal that breathes the fire if you watch Good Mythical Morning. The first intro was a green table, and it was a cup and pieces of toast that said that said "Good Mythical Morning," mm-hmm. and it was a plate. Um, I am uh, the plate of bacon and the coffee. That's my hands, and it's, it's me. It's me, it's me and Rhett. It's it, like Link's not even in it. <laughs> so, um, so I I produced and wrote and helped them create the first like 400 episodes of Good Mythical Morning, and cool. then. Um, as you would, you know, doing a daily show every single day, mm-hmm. um, I got to a point where I was like, I want to try something different. And so I started, like, putting out offers, and, and gr- gracefully and thankfully, uh, Rhett and Link were both like, yeah, totally, we'll help you. You've been so awesome. Like, if nice. You, yeah, if you feel like you've got to do something else, yeah. then that's fine. And so they, through them, I was able to get the job at Screen Junkies, and I worked mm-hmm. at Screen Junkies, and I helped Screen Junkies create Movie Fights, uh, nice. which is the podcast. So, yes. like, if you go watch, like, the first 50 episodes of Movie Fights, Every question in that show is my, I wrote, <laughs> so, uh, and helped develop the speed rounds awesome. like that. And then from there, I got I just got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm ready to move on from Screen Junkies, and DC All Access was going strong enough, and uh, yeah, just doing my stuff on the side. That's so there you go. Awesome. You also do the geek history lessons. Yes. Which I enjoy personally. Oh, thank Being you. a history buff myself, are you a history buff? I love. Or are you a history buff in the sense of comics? No, I'm a history buff all around. Nice. I love. I love reading nonfiction books about mm-hmm. history. I'm in the middle of like Washington a Life. Oh. I can't remember the name of the author. It like won. I think it won an award or whatever. But it's like this insanely long book that um, is about like his letters and George Washington's. Mm-hmm. Like they they finally like dug through all his letters and was like we're gonna figure out who this guy is. Wow. From all his letters That's and his awesome. diaries and stuff like that and other people's accounts and I'm. I'm telling you, like reading this book, it's kind of amazing. This is the stuff that I love about history, and it's why I created Geek History Lesson. Is that you read like stuff like that, and you're like, oh, looking at George Washington's life, it makes complete sense why he was the first president. Mm-hmm. There, it could have been nobody else. <laughs> like he was such a force of nature, and just in the right spot at the right time that yeah. they would have never picked anybody else to be president. Um, and so when we were thinking about podcast ideas for the longest time. Um, my co-host and I were thinking about doing a debate show, mm-hmm. and uh, then a couple of debate shows came out and stuff like that. And then I was like, you know what? The podcasts that I really like are the ones where you learn. And so then we were like, we'll just focus on a character and we'll do it. And uh, 146 episodes later, <laughs> we're still going. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Nice. That's So awesome. check it out. Yes, definitely. And if I can come on the show. <laughs> I would love it. We, we, should, we should do a podcast no, crossover. No, we should. That would be I need fun. To, I need to bring you on uh, on, on the next Batman or, or something like that. We, yes. It's crazy. So Please Batman do. is an interesting one. So we did. We finally conquered Batman and Superman last year when Batman v Superman came out. Mm-hmm. But as you know, and we find, there are some characters that you cannot compress into an hour. Right. And Batman <laughs> and Superman are two of those characters. So... We had a lot of problems like, oh, how do we break up Batman and Superman? So what we did is we just did Batman the Golden Age. Nice. So we only covered like 1940 to like 1951. Yeah. Um, And so we're going to have to do Batman the Silver Age, Batman Ah. the Bronze Age, Batman the Modern Age. Uh, so there will be like four bat. We've only done the Golden Age because it is interesting enough. The Superman episode, which is the one I wrote, and then my co-host wrote the Batman episode. 
they took us forever, mm-hmm. forever. Sure. A, lot, because, a lot of material. Yeah, because there's a certain point where, like you, with those especially, you literally have to read every single issue. There's there's just no getting around it. Right. And the amount of time was crazy, but. I want to talk about that stuff. Like, I want to talk about Batman going to like Planet X and meeting yes. the Batman of Zur and R and stuff like the that. The weird science, like science fiction. Yeah, and, like and then like explain crazy. like why Batman thought he the Rainbow Man was a good idea. Yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I London, love, London knows. <laughs> yes, I love those obscure characters, especially the ones that maybe appeared for one issue, but it's like they were crazy. Characters. Do you have like, like a favorite character, like say a Batman character that appeared a long time ago, but? Hasn't been in recent comics that you that you would love to come back. Oh, I probably do. Um, there, it's it's interesting because one of my favorite characters that was that came out of that weird period was Calendar Man, and when Ooh. he first came out, he's still around. He is, which yeah. I which I was surprised when mm-hmm. they kind of resurrected him, especially with the Tim Sale and Jeff Loeb mm-hmm. and how they kind of made him darker. And, and while I do love that, I'm like, ah, oh, I kind of literally miss the silliness of it. <laughs> I do. I I love both. I love the dark Batman, mm-hmm. but then again, I appreciate the very lighthearted Batman as well. Um, but and I'm glad Calendar Man's around. But there's just there's all kinds. Are of you characters. guys uh, caught up on Batman Rebirth right now? She is. I am. All right. Do you have you caught the the ongoing joke that Tom King keeps doing with? I think it's Kite Man. Oh, yeah. There's like a Kite Man reference every single Which issue. Which is funny. Yeah, and, and yeah. Like, like, but Kite Man has only appeared in like one panel where he gets punched in the face. Right. But like, there's some mention of Kite Man <laughs> in, in all of almost them. every issue. <laughs> maybe maybe they're setting him up to be the big final villain for the arc. <laughs> like they're that bringing him be back the in the big time. Reveal ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a solar powered kite. Like, <laughs> um, but I do agree that I mean, in, and on this show, we do try to pick different eras or a particular mm-hmm. character because there is so much you can talk yeah. about, which is Huge. the good thing about it. And one of my favorite eras is, is the Bronze Age. I yeah. love it. And I did a I did a, a, a Batman in the 70s episode too, but I still felt like I only focused on, um, I say Ra's al Ghul. Do you think it's Ra's or Raish? I think it's Ra's. I ah! mean, I mean, I, I <laughs> listen. Mason I always was, calls me out when I say Ra's. Not all, no. Ever since Paul Levitz, I've true. I've let it go. We had Paul Levitz. Paul on Levitz is on. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. You know, um, but it, I'm going to play the clip now. Yeah. <laughs> just, I know. Do it. Just He's going do to it. insert this I mean, clip right here. You got, you got to follow Paul Levitz, I guess. Um, <laughs> if he says something goes, it goes. Um, because he was Mr. DC for so long. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I was kowtowed. <laughs> I, I think the best explanation of that is Arrow. Like, mm-hmm. it, because in Arrow, they do it, like, they say it both ways, but they say that you can only say, like, you only get the honor of saying Raish if you're in the League of Assassins. If you're outside the League of Assassins, that's it's weak Ross. sauce. <laughs> that's retcon weak sauce. I think it's a whatever. Great way. I think it's a great way to explain it. But if it's me, <laughs> like race sounds weird. Yeah, you know. So I'm more comfortable with Ross. Yeah, Ross sounds evil, eviler. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're a bigger fan of. Uh, you must be a big fan of the Outsiders then, because yes. '70s Batman is the Outsiders. Yes. I love I the Outsiders. <laughs> I would kill if they announced a movie called The Outsiders, <gasps> because I think you could totally do a movie in that universe. We we've already introduced Katana. Mm-hmm. To maybe take Killer Croc, take a couple of the members of Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. um, introduce Black Lightning, yes. introduce a couple of those other characters. 
have Nightwing lead the team, (laughs) call the outsiders. Well, that sounds more like a Netflix miniseries to me. Sure, go for it. They can do a Netflix miniseries. Like they're doing a Defenders, they might as well do an Outsiders. Then a crossover. (laughs) (laughs) I know people are definitely wanting to see Nightwing in some capacity in live action. Man, we've had so many requests of like, what's up with Nightwing? Where's Nightwing? When's he coming? Like, whatever. I, and again, this is not official at all. If mm-hmm. there's no official anything, this is just, just me talking speculation. DC All Access. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although I, it's so funny because like I have seen people make news articles out of my tweets before, and I'm just really? like, this is just me being like, this. Yeah, pan- you're just. Well, talk- so I'll share like a panel. Like I'll see a panel in comic book. I'll be like, that's cool, and they'll be like, DC All Access confirms that this panel is going to be the next movie, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Talk about fake news. There you go. Alternative fact. Yeah, yeah. There you go. This is so me speculation. I mean, from from the age of that Batman in that universe, mm-hmm. from that suit in the in the cow and stuff like that. Right. I mean, I I, I gotta believe Nightwing's out there. Nightwing's in that universe, mm-hmm. and he Nightwing's exists. about thirty, and he exists in that universe. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because there was a couple moments in the Suicide Squad movie where I literally was like, "They're gonna reveal that Nightwing's one of the members of the Suicide Squad." <laughs> I literally, what? I literally thought because remember Scott Eastwood's walking around that movie yes. the entire time, and he's just like yeah. he's just like random soldier guy. <laughs> I oh, you think I you thought like it there was... was a certain point in that movie where I, where he was like, especially when he if you notice during that movie he doesn't like Croc and he keeps mm-hmm. like I don't like you Croc and he keeps saying that and I'm like why does he not like Croc and I and I, in my head I was like we're gonna cut to a scene where we see Ben Affleck <laughs> talking to this fool and he's gonna call him Dick, yeah. <laughs> but that didn't happen. But I was but I I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around where I was like why do you cast somebody as big as Scott Eastwood in just right. a, a, a such a supporting and not role? Do maybe yeah. he, maybe he requested it. I don't know. There, there's been these weird thing. I was I've seen articles and stuff where it's like these A-listers come mm-hmm. onto movie sets with their friends and they're like, just give me like a little part, you know, just something. I could see that. Just I a little, just a little throwaway. Mm-hmm. I just wanna, and then the, the director's like, oh, you're a Yes, whatever you want. So. I mean, that would be interesting if for some reason he came back as something. I don't know what, mm. if it's not Dick Grayson or another well, character. I don't know. I, I think he, he dies in that movie. Yeah, Spoilers. I spoilers that movie. Yeah, because he's underground when the, the bomb goes off. Oh. So, Look, if you don't see it. That's true. <laughs> it's a comic rule, man. And if he's Nightwing, he's so totally survived it. Absolutely. Maybe that was his origin story. In, in the new, he's like, they left me for Surprise. dead. But now, Again, this is all speculation. No. Speculation, DC All Access. Speculation. You heard it here first. Speculation. Right. Um, uh, well, before we start talking about your new comic mm-hmm. series, I did want to say that you were part of the Love is Love yes. comic, which... I loved not to be punny or anything, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but how did you become a part of that project? Well, did real you just... quick, what is the love and love for our listeners? Love oh, is the, love, oh, the love is love is like a hundred forty plus book that came out like a few weeks ago, and all of the. Uh, money goes towards uh, the equality for the. Uh, it goes towards like the survivors, yeah, the survivors and the victims and, and the families yes. of the Orlando Pulse tragedy. Yes, nice. Um, and it's this project that was created by uh, Mark Andreco, who wrote yes. Batwoman and yes. Manhunter, and he just 
came up with this idea and um, I got involved with it because I'm, I'm Facebook friends with him. Mm-hmm. And the night after the Pulse tragedy, he put it up there and he was like, I really think I want to do something in comic books. Would anybody be willing to help me? And I literally commented on that post and was like, yes, yes. me, whatever you need, <laughs> I will help you. Tell me what I can do. Cool. Oh, and he great. reached out to me and he was like, yes, I don't want, I want you to do a page. I co-wrote it with uh, Ashley Victoria Robinson and we had great art by uh, Nick Robles and stuff like that. Um, and our story is about Zeus in, in the story. And, and I'm very honored to be a part of it. And I can't believe I just hosted actually a panel on the Warner Brothers lot about it. Oh, and we cool. had some of the creators there and we talked to some of the executives of Warner Brothers. It was very great. Uh, but the book is in its like fourth printing. It yeah, was the, which is insane. the number one graphic novel of January. And yeah. I hope it keeps going because again, like Every single dollar goes yes. to benefit those families. It's for and such a great cause. And Mark has gotten calls from family members of some of the victims. Wow. Oh. And they like said that they, 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 he described a call to me that he said that one of them said, one of the mothers said that she just couldn't process it. She still couldn't process it. And she read Love is Love. And um, one of the artists asked to use the image of her son in their piece. Wow. And she said she read the piece and was like, it kind of like gave her some closure. Mm. And so she like really thanked Love is Love. But yeah, it's an amazing project. It is. Um, And I actually, it's funny, um, because they allowed you to use like DC characters and Archie characters. uh, I actually turned in my page before DC grabbed the project. So like a lot, the biggest question everybody asked me is like, well, why didn't you write a Nightwing story? Uh. And I'm like, well, because when I wrote my page, I didn't have access to Nightwing. Right. So we just did, uh, yeah. So uh, again, for our listeners, mm-hmm. this is an anthology yes. type thing. And- yes. Yeah, and it has uh, uh, J.K. Rowling allowed Jim Lee to draw the first ever Harry Potter comic book piece ever is in this, is in this mm-hmm. book. Oh, wow. Um, so it's not limited to... Uh, it's everything. Our, our, a character, Archie's in it. Uh, the sure. spirit is in it. Um, there are characters from independent comic book series like Revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, there, yeah, there's like Batman. Matt Bomer wrote a Nightwing and Batman piece. Uh, Tom King and Mitch Garrods did like a Rainbow Batman piece. Uh, Grant Morrison did pieces like Patton Oswalt's in it. Morgan mm-hmm. Spurlock's in it. There, wow. uh, There's a lot of like huge so names. Like, many so creators. many creators yes. were just like, so I want to be a part of this book. And How can the, I help you? And is the theme just love? Different stories of love. It's just yeah. yeah. It, you could do whatever you wanted with it, mm-hmm. as long as it was just, the the only the only thing you were given was love is love, mm-hmm. and just go. And you just gotcha. go. Yeah. With mm-hmm. it. Cool. That's fantastic. Cool. And I'm sure they're we have selling it here. It here we have it here. Oh, I just I know they are. Oh, it's here. Yeah, yeah. It's here. I've or seen it. Or check your local comic book shop wherever you are and it's, pick it up. No, if you come haven't. come to the Meltdown seventy five twenty two. No, they fly here. They come here. They check it out seventy five twenty two Sunset Boulevard. It's a great book. It's it's a it's a really and I'm not saying that just because I'm in it. It's a, <laughs> I read it. It's a, it's a great comic book to own. There are yes. so many powerful pieces in it. Definitely. Mm. And um, Mark was on my Wonder Woman panel at for uh, Stanley's LA Comic Con in mm. October, and he's so nice. And so I was so happy that he did this Mark project. is a very good friend of mine. He's, I love him. He's, he's great. He's great, definitely. But yeah, so that's awesome that you were part of that project. Now we will talk about Jupiter Jets. <laughs> no, not now. Now we're gonna take a commercial oh. break because we gotta we gotta make some money. Everybody, Indeed. hang on. All right, uh, we're back. Now, now we're gonna do it. Yes. Woo! So, <laughs> so the main reason, not just talk about Nightwing and what Scotty's is gonna do and everything. <laughs> we're here. That, that's what you should title the podcast. What is Scotty's <laughs> going to do? 
With special guest, Jason. <laughs> it's worth talking about. And I didn't know, I didn't realize that until we had this conversation. I'm like, man, is he going to come back? No. <laughs> I think he's dead. <laughs> you didn't see the body. You didn't see it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you didn't see it, you don't know. That's you don't know. Okay. <laughs> so you are working on a new, it's your first comp, your first comp book series. Yes. Yes, Jupiter Jets. So, how did this even happen? How did, how well, did it come about? Uh, we've been working on this about two years now. This is a Jupiter Jet is a 16 year old girl with a jetpack who finds uh, the said jetpack in her dead father's workshop, and she does what any other 16-year-old girl would do. She steals from the rich and gives to the poor. Mm-hmm. And she does it to protect her neighborhood, Olympic Heights, and to protect her little brother, Chuck. And they, during one of their robberies, find this mysterious glowing pyramid. They don't know what it is, but it leads to where this man called Pluto Patriarch hunts them. He uh-huh. has glowing eyes, he has robots for minions, and he has a ray gun, and she has no idea what he's about and why he's hunting her, so she has to run from him now. Um, it's an all-ages series, and it came about because uh, my wife, I co-wrote this with my wife, and she once said to me that she was like, oh, I've always wanted to write a story with the name Jupiter Jet. Cool. And I immediately, like, oh, she's got a girl with a jet back, and she's doing this, <laughs> and robots, and blah. And I ran with it, and suddenly we had this whole world. We had, like, the whole base of the series. And so we started writing it and stuff like that, and... Um, it's taken this long to put it up on Kickstarter because um, creator-owned comics, what many people don't know, is that if you want a comic book to look as good as DC and Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, you have to pay like your artist a living wage. Like He's yeah. got to work on that every day. He's And your letterer and your colorist is way, and we have amazing, amazing people to do that. So that's the reason why we went to Kickstarter with it. Luckily, we partnered with Action Lab Comic Books okay. to distribute it. So it will be in comic book shops later this year, like nice. towards like December-ish or somewhere I don't know the exact date because I haven't worked it out. Yeah. Uh, but this is for, you can kind of consider it to pre-order the book. And this is to pay for the production costs of everything like that. Because, again, it's a creator-owned book. And it's something we're very passionate about because it's our first five-issue miniseries. And and when we have, if you want to go over the Kickstarter, even though uh, we've already funded by this date, which is amazing, uh, um, we... Congratulations. Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> I couldn't believe like it. Like, literally sport. today when we're recording this... It passes the goal, which is awesome. But we have a lot of great perks that people haven't taken advantage of. So, like, and also, like, isn't this the best time to donate to a Kickstarter? Because then you know you're actually getting the book. Yeah, you know, you know you're going to get it. You know. So like you're yeah. just you're just pre-ordering a copy of the book, which I highly suggest you do. Um, we have prints on the Kickstarter from uh, Wonder Woman artist Nicholas Scott. Mm-hmm. We got Nightwing writer Tim Seeley. Ah. Oh, yep. and then you're like, yes. Yep. He's also an, he's also an artist, <laughs> and he drew a print for us too. That's awesome. It's really cool. And then um, we wanted to like really lean towards since we were like fans turned creators, so we put on there like script reviews. From comic book professionals. Cool. So one of the perks that are still on there is uh, we're just talking about a Mark and Draco. Is a, is one, is, is limited to one person. Mark and Draco, you send them your comic book script, and Mark and Draco will give you notes on nice. your comic book script. Oh, and I wow. think that is worth its weight in what, gold. What is the uh, what's the um, donation cost? That, for that? that is a that is a two hundred dollar perk. Ah. That's not that's a. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's, that's actually a bad, not bad that's a, considering yeah, that's great. <laughs> what you mm-hmm. get. Listen, for script reviews, you're paying between 500, I mean, for TV, television, or, or movie script reviews, you're paying between 500 and 1,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's a deal, a, man. Yeah, and, 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 and again, it's one of those things like, yeah, a couple, if I was a couple years ago, I would have jumped on that easy because like, 
these are people that are actually working in the industry. Oh, they know. Yeah. They know yeah. exactly yeah, what. Yeah, yeah sure. exactly. So it's like that is a masterclass to get their notes on, mm-hmm. on whatever product you're writing and stuff like that. And also, um, <laughs> if you're an artist out there and you're looking for stuff, we have a portfolio review by, by Mitch Garrods, who really? drew Sheriff of Babylon and Batman 14 uh, yes, and 15. That is nice. so The rooftop. Cool. So, yeah. So, wow. So if you uh, if the you the perks are insane, guys. Yeah, we what? reached out to our friends. Yeah, uh, but uh, you can find it all at jupiterjetcomic.com. Or if you don't like URLs, just go to Kickstarter and type in Jupiter Jet. Two uh, words. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty simple. It's pretty memorable, um, and we appreciate everybody over there. Uh, go check it out. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff. And now that the book is funded, you know this book is going to happen. Know, so just which buy- is so exciting. It is real. I can't believe it. It blows, blew me away. And just pre-order your copy. Yeah, I had a couple of questions because I went on the sure. Kickstarter page and I watched the video and I saw the art, which I love, by the way. The art is super awesome, cute. It the is. artist, uh, Ben Matsuya, uh, was a fan of mine. Oh. He was a Screen Junkies uh. fan of mine. He drew a piece of fan art for me when I was at Screen Junkies and I thought it was so awesome that I reached out to him and was like, Do you draw comics? And he was like, <laughs> Yes, I do. And I hired him. Nice. That so, awesome. Fan, fans out there, if you send the right email, <laughs> I'm telling you, you could get noticed. But you got to be polite. <laughs> yeah, you got to be, don't be creepy. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so the setting is 1935? Yes, it is 1935. So why that year? Um, if this, because you said it was both a period piece and kind of science fiction. Yes. So there's, how did that happen? There's some very yeah. The, the part <laughs> of the project is like we really wanted to meld two worlds. Like we really wanted to meld like futuristic sci-fi with the past. And the reason why 1935 is that if you go back and think about 1935, like mm-hmm. it's on the cusp of the war. Yes. Like the war is like imminent. Like everybody is like five years away from the war. And we're in the middle of the Great Depression. So people are suffering, which is like Jackie and her brother are suffering. They can barely Mm -hmm. handle the rent. The mob exists in their territory. And the mob, of course, is taking protection money on top of the rent. So they're just like, oh, man, not only are we in a depression, and this is worse. And then the idea is is that to kind of give some illusions to the great villains of the 1940s that we Mm -hmm. all know that I won't say, (laughs) um, to kind of give some illusions that they're out there and stuff like that. But... The sci-fi element is something that I can't really talk about because there is a big reveal in the fifth issue, the final, ah, the finale, nice. that sets up uh, because we would love Jupiter Jet to go five volumes, and this ah. is, this is just volume one, the right, first five issues of right. volume one. So um, the sci-fi element has a lot to do with that, but it's just more about think about the the idea of the story that we want to really wanted to tell is that it's this little girl, it's the sixteen year old girl. Who, of course, when you're all 16, we're all 16. We all think we know how the world works, right? That's why Carrie Kelly jumped and was like, "I want to." What up? Exactly. And, and you questioned me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we all think that we know how the world works when we have no clue. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to play with that analogy in the fact that Jackie is going to get hit with that really hard. Not only with that, but she's going to discover that her world is not what she thinks it is when she meets these people with futuristic technology. Like right. she's like, "Oh, we got cars, we got guns, <laughs> I, we got blimps, and I got a jetpack. We know, and I'm the only special one with this jetpack." Right. And she's going to get slapped pretty hard with a hard, co- a cold case of reality, mm-hmm. and seeing how she kind of woman's up to that, you right. know, and, and deals with that. 
Where are her where are her parents? Her f- parents are her her father is dead. Her okay. father her father died about uh, seven to eight months before the story starts. We'll deal. Okay. We will we will show you that we will deal with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they are um, the mother is gone. I will will be mum about whether she's dead or whether ah. she ran off. Mm. Um, it's heavy. But uh, they are kind of looked after after their uncle Gabriel, their dad's brother. Mm -hmm. But they're kind of left alone because uh, Jackie is 16. And in 1935, that's working. That, that was an adult. Right. That was yeah. an adult, and that's working age. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, she had basically ran. They they live in their father's repair shop, and she had basically run that shop anyway. Mm-hmm. And her brother had really, for like about the last year, he's the mechanical genius. He had been fixing all this stuff anyway. So they just kind of had been kept keeping the shop going. Yeah. And their uncle Gabriel, a big conflict this series, wants them to come out to his farm because he's a, he's a rancher, uh-huh. and and they just they don't want to leave the city. And so that's another conflict into this about like, oh, do we stay at the repair shop or do we go live with, you know, Uncle Gabriel and Aunt Rosa? And there's a joke in the in the thing that Aunt Rosa makes amazing pies. Uh, okay. So maybe well, they that's sh- yeah. that's a legit thing because in the Great Depression, food was a very yep. you know. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, do they do they make enough off the repair shop to like eat? That's a big just one. barely, just barely. Right. just barely, but only because they're robbing the mob with the jetpack. Mm. Ah, so, there you go. Like I said, yeah, <laughs> That's interesting. They're they're creating their own enemy. That the mob, the mob is like, who is this flying girl? Mm-hmm. Yeah. because she's not called Jupiter Jet at the beginning of the book, right? Um, there. So we, we we play around a lot with the nicknames for her, and it's kind of been fun. It's very so, Robin Hood esque. Yes, yeah, 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 Robin Hood in the Great mm-hmm. Depression. Like, <laughs> yeah. What a yeah, yeah. what a great time for her. <laughs> yeah, she will. Uh, she that's cool. yeah, she will earn her name. Yeah. over the course nice. of the series, and so like we have fun times where like people are calling her the Flying Girl, mm-hmm. the Flying Fatale, yeah. the Soaring Sweetheart. Sure, you know, that's and awesome. so like it's kind of a joke <laughs> that people keep calling her these other names, and mm-hmm. she's just like, oh, I don't like that. Right. <laughs> What were um, what were like the outside inspirations for these characters for her and her brother and what, the, what does would you see someone in real life or like oh that kind of quirky character or is there a comic book character or oh, other fictional character? It's that interesting. Um, I would say Jackie is like a uh, a a feistier version of my wife. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> if you were like, if you were put my wife at like sixteen, like, because Jackie's very feisty and very like, oh, don't you tell me how to do it. Mm-hmm. But she can also be like very calm and stuff like that. Um, her younger brother Chuck, oh, it's interesting. I, I had a good, I had a good. I, I kind of like think of him as sort of a. Um, he's he's Damian Wayne if Damian Wayne had manners. Mm. <laughs> Burn! <laughs> Somebody call the fire department. Yeah, but he's like he's like. So imagine Damian Wayne, but Damian Wayne's interests aren't ninjas and killing. It's right. like building things. Ah, so that's like cool. that's what that's what it is. And then um, Pluto Patriarch is very much like. I, I want to say Dr. Octopus. Mm-hmm. Like, he's very, like, just driven. Like, I know how things operate, and you can't tell me that things don't operate that way, and, and, and they'll deal with that and stuff like that. So it, more archetypes of characters than anybody real. Like, I don't know anybody that's like Pluto, and I hope I don't because he's, he's, a, he's a killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want to know anyone like no. that. <laughs> well, you said it's an all-ages mm-hmm. book. Is there anything that's out now or that has been out that you can kind of tell our listeners to compare to just kind of the themes and that. Uh, yeah, I would say it is. Um, well, here's a here's a common example. If you ever read 
Um, it's classic. It's not air out, but but they've been really, really re-releasing them in collections. The Batman and Robin Adventures, or the Batman Adventures oh, comics that yeah. DC published, mm-hmm. it was the tie into the animated series, and they were all ages, mm-hmm. and they were just like kind of fun little adventures and stuff like that. The style of this book is very similar to that. Cool. Um, but if you were to like give it like a log line, like they would say, I would say it's the Rocketeer meets the Red Panda Adventures. If you know the Red Panda <laughs> Adventures, it's like kind of steampunky kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, um, that's kind of the that's style cool. of the book. Um, and also, I would say that it's a more techie and politer version of Lumberjanes. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, Lumberjanes is very much about, like, we're girls in the yeah, woods. And, and, right. this, and, and this one's more about, like, you know, well, we have a jetpack. So, and we're not in the woods. Ah. <laughs> we're around blimps. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, well... Congratulations on passing the goal on Kickstarter. But, Thank you. Uh, everyone go to the website and if, like you said, type in Kickstarter, Jupiter mm-hmm. Jet, to support because I definitely yes. think it sounds amazing. And it sounds really you, fun. And I'll give you a little, I'll give you guys an exclusive tidbit that I have not said anywhere here, else. Here it comes. Ah. Um, I'm not going to say what level it's at, but mm-hmm. once we hit a certain stretch reward, mm-hmm. we will be adding a four-page backup to every issue, so I think four pages over five issues, that's 20 pages, drawn by a guy who has worked at DC Mm -hmm. called, a backup story called The Origin of the Jetpack. All right. So wow. if you want more Jupiter Jet, I'm not going to cool. say it, but we, that's a stretch reward. That's if we, fine. If we're crossing our fingers. We would love to get to that goal. Yeah. Uh, but we have to make sure that we can we can pay for this awesome DC guy. You oh. you have made your you have made your initial goal. So yep. there's yes. there's nowhere to go but up. Right. So I, I think no. this is possible. Yeah. I, yeah. And I definitely think you'll be able to how, make how, your how much longer is your Kickstarter? Uh, it's on for about 25 more days. Done. Wow. On, on as of the time of this recording, we can make it. Nice. Yeah. I believe. No. In you people, Definitely. I believe in you, listeners. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think you'll do five volumes and even more. Well, really I'll, do. well, I'll tell I you what, I'll so. even ten I'll, volumes. I'll, oh, <laughs> ten volumes. Wow. Ten volumes. Uh, <laughs> it, it's Jupiter Jet's uh, granddaughter, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> Jumping Jackie, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sweet. I'll even sweeten the pot. Um, I'll tell you what. If any of your listeners mm-hmm. uh, donate to the campaign. I have an email out there. It's a jupiterjetcomic at Gmail. If you email me at that uh, email and say that you heard it on this podcast and that you donate and stuff like that, and I have to ask that you donate at least $10 just because I will pick you a Batman comic book out of my collection and I'll rent and I'll write you a, a handwritten note of thanks. What? what? Yep. That's genius. Wow. But you got to say that you heard it on this podcast. Ah, yes. So listeners, come London. on now, support creator. I mean, I know it is difficult to do your own comic mm-hmm. and to just raise the money. So and but this is a passion project. Well, that, that again, pretty much. I mean, yeah. Which so I know you've put all of your heart and soul into mm-hmm. it. So everyone listening, I hope you can support this and any. Anybody who's creating their own comics, because I know there are listeners out there who want to do comics yes. and to be in that industry, whether writing or an artist. So yeah, everyone's yeah, each other. And, and, <laughs> yeah. There's lots of things. That it's like, like yeah, just support each other because if you support me, I'll support you. It's mm-hmm. it, it's a big it's a big big community and stuff yeah. like that. And and even like um, 
We even put a reward on there as well where like we have a Skype call. If you want to have a Skype call with me and my wife and stuff like that. And if you have advice out there like about podcasting or comic books or you just want to like talk about Scott Eastwood all for yes. hours. Like, <laughs> that's another one too. Yeah, because I, yeah, I wanted to design it about like I – I've been where you've been. If you if you've ever wanted to make a comic book and you've never done it, I've been where you've been. So like, let me help you because I. The more good comic books we have in the world, the better off we all are. Yes, that is a lovely line to end on. So where can people follow you and see what you're up to with this and with any of the other projects you? The easiest place is to find me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jawin. That's J A W I I N. It's the first two letters of all three of my names, Jason William Inman. And uh, you can find me on Geek History Lesson Podcast, which is on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. Yes, subscribe. Uh, It's fun. Thank you. It's good. Well, like I said, we're got to figure it out. Batman Silver Age or Batman Bronze Age. Or maybe the outsiders. We're throwing <gasps> on there. Yeah. Maybe our Scott Eastwood episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can find me there. And then DCL Access is every single weekday. And then JupiterJetComic.com if you're interested. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about Batman and Scott Eastwood and Jupiter Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Eastwood was just a bonus. You guys need, I, to, get, you need to get Scott Eastwood on the show. I now. know. <laughs> Scott Eastwood, Con- contact us. Talk all about that role and oh, uh, see. But yes, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having and me. It was a I pleasure. I wish you good luck with Jupiter. I know it's going to be amazing. And then congratulations. <laughs> I know because it looks so fun. I now love I have the to art live up already. To your standard. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks so fun, and I. Think I think everyone will enjoy it that can pick it up in f- later this year. Well, whenever in, that in can... the future, you'll be able to pick it up in yes, Meltdown. which is woo, yeah, yeah. awesome. Oh, for yes, sure. Yes. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank Jason. you so we much. You. it. Yes. And London, where can they find you? Where can anyone oh, find yes. you? Well, you can, of course, follow me on Instagram at History the Batman, on Facebook and Tumblr, History the Batman, Twitter's Hist of the Batman, and you can also subscribe on YouTube. We'll have more videos up. I'm actually going to do more unboxings with Entertainment Earth, which will be fun. Um, so, yes, so you can subscribe there. And, yes, tell your friends about this podcast and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't. It's fun, and we will have more more awesome stuff awesome and, Batman and please for the love of God yes. rate and review on yes, iTunes rate and review we always appreciate it's how new listeners find our show yes, and indeed. you know five stars yes and <laughs> if you have any questions comments feedback anything you have idea for future episodes which I've gotten a lot of people say they want a history of Alfred Pennyworth which I will do I promise um, you can always email me at historyofthebatman at gmail.com and anybody who wants to check out the latest in new uh, comics and comic merchandise, come on down to 7522 Sunset Boulevard, Meltdown Comics. Yes. And uh, London. Peace, love, and Batman. <laughs> <laughs>